Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Command Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. So, Commander Legends, it's drumming up some controversy here. What there doesn't are, these days? Yeah, there are two cards, Opposition Agent and Jeweled Lotus, uh, that have certainly been the talk of the community. So, this is going to be a special mini-sode where we're going to discuss whether we think these cards are healthy for the format and kind of what the hullabaloo is about. Yep, and if you want to buy a uh, you know a shenanigans or a card that destroys artifacts or creatures, go on over to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That's your number one place to pick up single seal products, magic stuff, and more. Commander Legends has a ton of stuff out there that isn't as controversial, uh, and you're going to want to pick that stuff up. These cards are powerful. You might want them for your deck. You might we're want not them telling well. you not to play them. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely not. Uh, do whatever you want, but the place you're going to do it when you want to do it is at cardkingdom.com slash command zone. They'll get your single seal product to you out very quickly. And we've trusted them for many years and we love their customer service and a great buyback program, especially if you're looking to sort of get some old cards out of the way to make room for the new ones. Yep. And also at least one of these cards is very expensive to pre-order right now. By the way, I wouldn't buy it yet. I would wait. I think that's probably going to drop, but Jeweled yes. Lotus is not cheap. If you get your hands on one, you're going to want to protect it. Ultra Pro products are the best way to protect all of your game pieces. Uh, and the final way to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone. In fact, we shout out one lucky patron every single episode. And this episode is dedicated to Dennis Sabatoon. Dennis, you rock. And because we're doing so many episodes for Commander Legends here, we're shouting out like five additional people this month. So sign up. <laughs> all right. right. Let's get into the main topic, which is um, a design discussion, kind of. These two cards have really caused a lot of controversy, as we said. I want to start off with a disclaimer this here. Is a good disclaimer. Yeah. So, we're obviously friends with a lot of the folks at Magic, um, which has been thrown in our face sometimes when we say opinions about stuff that you don't like. But like we've said before, we always say our real opinions on the show. But I just want to say from the outset that all those people, Gavin had a huge part in this set specifically and gavin is a friend of jimmy and, and mine and somebody i've who, known gavin for from the last ccg i played like 15 when you were years ago yeah. yeah so i've known this guy for a while yeah so like i i think all the people designing magic cards and working on magic are good people you know they want magic to thrive i think they design cards they think are going to be cool uh i don't like when people throw out you know really negative things saying like, oh, they only designed that card to try and make money or like 
uh, uh, ascribe like ulterior motives that aren't there. Like, get, yeah. I, I know Gavin. Like, Gavin loves magic more than anybody you'll ever meet. Uh-huh. He wants magic to thrive. He designs cards and makes cards and puts cards into sets because he thinks they're cool. Now, do I always agree with Gavin about what's cool? No, but I think there's no question that his heart is in the right place. So yeah. I just want to say that from the outset because. We're there have been a lot of personal character attacks in the Magic community over the last month over a number of things, and not only are they unnecessary, but if you were someone that worked at a job and someone came at you with a personal attack like that, would you like it either? Nah, so don't put the shoe on the other foot. Okay. Yeah, and it's like our content, right? When people have criticisms about it, it's not always that they're wrong, but sometimes they just attack us like, you only did that because of XYZ. Well, it's like, yeah. no. I mean, listen, I, I understand that you didn't like it and you disagree with it, and maybe we made a mistake, but it's not because we were nefarious in some way. And so yeah. I just want to make sure that we're not misconstruing we're going to have some criticism this episode. It's not at the people. Yeah, and we also would like to ask you not to send the hate at the people because we've been at the receiving end of it and they're probably at the receiving end of it constantly. Yeah, it's misguided, okay? Complain about the card, not about the people. All right, let's start off with the less offensive of the two, at least I think to us. Yeah, 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 I think so. But still, a controversial card, it's called Opposition Agent. So this is two in the black for a creature human rogue. That's a 3-2 with flash. And it says... You control your opponents while they're searching their libraries. While an opponent is searching their library, they exile each card they find. You may play those cards for as long as they remain exiled, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast them. So, Josh does anything to Searcher's library, I flash an opposition agent, I control that search, I choose which card, and I exile it, and then I am now able to play those cards uh, and using mana as though it were mana of any color. So you steal somebody's tutor, you steal somebody's search effect. Um, this is obviously a lot of people uh, talk, got, got a lot of people talking. Yeah, because, you know, for good reason, it's not just steer, stealing tutors, right? If this card was just like, if a, a person plays a card that's tutoring for a specific card, and I don't know how you would phrase it even, because this actually messes with fetch lands. This changes, right? Even if you play Opposition Asian to stop Josh's Grim Tutor, Next turn, Maria plays a fetch land and wants to crack it. Well, guess what? You actually control that too. And unfortunately... Yeah, it's a persistent effect. It's not just when opposition agent hits the table. May. So even if you want to be like, oh, you know what? I still want you to search whatever. It's like, no, no. Opposition agent says you have to control your opponent. And then you're going to exile the card that they find, that you find. So... You don't even get their fetch land effects. They don't get the ramping growths, etc. Wayfarer's Bobble. Anything that searches the deck for any reason. And I think that's the one of the big complaints or reasons people are a little bit wary of this card is because it messes with lands, man. And we don't like messing with lands in our format. Yeah. Not to mention it messes with people that aren't, that don't need to be messed with necessarily. Right. If it's like, yeah, get rid of the person that's aggressively tutoring and stop them from getting their win con out. Sure. But the fact that it's persistent does not have may in front of it means that you can't even play in evolving wilds anymore. I think some people are upset just based on power level of card two, regardless of that part. Just this effect is quite powerful. Yeah. Praetor's Grasp is a card that does see play in like CEDH, and I think this is often better than that. Um, not always, but yeah. it can be. So it's, I think that's another complaint. This card is also really good with specific sort of interactions. Like Marilyn of the Moon's Morn Song allows everyone to tutor through their library. But I mean, forces everybody to forces tutor. Forces everyone to, but now you get every single person's tutor, which is pretty powerful. Yeah, Marilyn basically makes it so everybody tutors every turn, and then that makes it so you tutor for them every turn and yeah. steal the cards. Another interaction people don't like, or 
maybe don't maybe it's not right to say don't like but another one they think might be too powerful this card is scheming symmetry <laughs> yeah so it's black for a sorcery and choose two target players each of them searches their library for a card and shuffles their library and puts that card on top of it so typically it's like i choose me and i choose someone else and maybe they get something that i want them to get but now you can choose two separate players control both of their tutors and take both of their cards from them for one black man plus the opposition agent and you get to cast the cards as though or mana of any color so yeah. it might even be worth it to not choose yourself yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Choose two players you know they got some bangers in their deck and just get those out there instead. So obviously a very powerful card and an interesting card. Um, what? Do you, let's talk about what we think about it, Jimmy. The first thing I thought when I saw this card is why does it need to only be three mana? Because when you get to that three mana range, it does something that I think is highly uncomfortable for a lot of commander players because it opens it into the legacy vintage competitive world. Mm. Three is like the top of the curve usually for a lot of those decks. And we saw this with True Name Nemesis that once you get a card that is that powerful at such a low CMC, then other formats are going to want it and it's going to drive the price up and make it more inaccessible for the players that it was potentially designed for. You think if it was four mana, it would be I think this card needs to be like five and Mm -hmm. to be like three black, black. And that's another thing is we talked about this black. Yeah. Why is this card not in white is the first thing I thought because it is a cool effect. And in my uh, estimation, I like punishing tutors in the format. Yeah. Uh, I like the idea that if you go to tutor, you got to think about it and maybe there's a pretty big downside for you. And maybe as a result, people will play less tutors because I think that's actually net good for the format to kind of discourage tutors a little bit. Yeah. Um, but black doesn't need this effect. And we already have Avon Mind Sensor as a precedent for the fact that white will mess around with you searching your libraries. Yes. And white is the c- color that needs powerful effects more than other colors. Black is already fine. You know, maybe the second best, definitely in the top three, um, you know, of colors in commander it doesn't need a powerful effect like this and black already is the tutor color yes so i would like white to have been given the opportunity to be the we mess with tutors color and and i also think it could have color restricted a little bit to your point jimmy what if it was one white 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 oh very nice so you have to pretty much play it in a white or a heavy white deck deck. yeah Yeah, yeah. exactly and you also have to hold open mana that's a lot more obvious right so that people go what's your mana okay you got three white so i i'm like more likely to at least telegraph that play which makes it a little bit more likely to avoid because the feel bads on this card are going to be real bad yeah and here's the thing even mind sensor people don't hate it because it still gives them the ability to tutor you know in the top top four four. cards sure yeah they get something usually but opposition agent just turns it off entirely. So it's extreme card disadvantage. Not only are you destroying a card in their hand that they played, you're also getting a card from their deck, usually one of their better ones, maybe one that they needed in that moment to win the game. You know, you could steal a Cyclonic Rift for this in the mono black deck or whatever. So there's just a lot of different things going on here that... Which I think is ultimately fine as a play pattern. Like if you're stopping right. them from winning the game in some ways. But yeah, let's just give that to a color and put it, I think you're right, at a CMC that makes a little bit more sense. I don't love that it's in black, that it's at this CMC. I wish it was only a May ability. one black, so it easily goes into just a lot of decks. I wish it was yeah. a May ability. That, to me, is the biggest mistake here because it doesn't allow you to play this. Let's say you're like a new player that's like, oh, man, this person always tutors and wins. I have Opposition Agent now. Now I can stop them. But when you play it, the other two players are like, wait, that really screws with my deck too. So you can't even choose, right? Like yeah, all my fetch lands, like that's tough. Even like evolving wilds and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. I don't mind so much actually the fact that it uh, messes with rampant growths and cultivates and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Because again, I think that's an unfair advantage that green has and putting a little bit of check on that is fine. But fetch lands, you know, 
like we just said, Boros in particular, I think one of the strategies that can keep it afloat is playing a lot of fetch lands, and now all of a sudden they're like, hey, here's a card that really messes with that strategy. Yeah. Oh, Even if it's not aimed at you, it'll yeah. still mess with it. Yeah. And honestly, Black doesn't need the help. White yeah. totally could have had this card, I think. And we see cards in the set, like the Verge Rangers types that are like, oh, cool. If you want to restrict it even more, it could have been Boros. You know, Boros has cards also that say players can't search libraries. Right. So this could have easily gone in a Boros color. And then I think, it, imagine this card, same exact card, but it's two white red. Yeah. Now it's very restricted to the decks is going to go in and Boros gets, you know, a nice tool that really isn't going to proliferate into a bunch of other decks because you have to have red and white in your deck to run it. Yep. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah, so I'm not a fan of this card, but I probably am going to see it played a lot. You got to think about this card now. You have to know it exists. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because you have to be aware, like, who's playing black? Who's got three mana available? Could I really, really get hosed here if I go to Tudor? You got to think about it. You got to worry about it. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the bigger of the two controversial cards. Uh, this is by Jeweled... A, by a long shot, by yeah, the way. Yeah, this is Jeweled Lotus. It's zero mana for an artifact. Sacrifice Jeweled Lotus. Sorry, tap and sacrifice Jeweled Lotus. Add three mana of any one color. Oh, boy. Spend this mana only to cast your commander. Oh, the most important card in many people's decks? <laughs> so, let's talk about why people are upset or concerned about this. I think one is just raw power level. This is essentially Black Lotus, but only for your commander. So there's a lot of cards that can come out on turn one because of this. There are the Sovalas and the Yisons of the world. Something like Mizix can come out on turn one. Uh, Urza. Grand Island, Jeweled Lotus, Urza. Uh, I think you need one more for... Is there, is there four? Four mana, yeah. Oh, crap. Uh, Grand yeah. Arbiter, Augustine, can come out on turn one. Oh, gosh. Hyrick can come out on turn one. In which case, now all your black mana for all your other cards is life. And so it's usually Kyrick, three other things. Oh my god! Uh, did I say Mizzix? Mizzix is a card you don't want out yeah. on turn one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It starts accruing. Uh, I mean, that's a ubiquity, right? That's one of yeah. the main things people have about this card is that you, right? Arguably, you could put this in every single deck in the same way you can put Soaring in almost every single deck. Arguably. Uh, then there's a bunch of cards that it enables on turn two, which mm -hmm. is like all the three CM or sorry, three color five CMC cards. And there's been a lot in recent years, and they're all like value engine cards: Corvold, Tulane, Yarrick, Golos, Golos. They all come out on turn two because you go like you know shock land, basic land. You've got two of your colors. Yeah. Then Jewel Lotus gives three of the other color you don't have, and that's five mana total. Corvold comes out, and Jewel Lotus is really good with Corvold because even if you draw it late, it's a sacrifice ability on a card, so you can always just cycle it for an extra right. card draw or just use it to cast Corvald because one of the ways that you beat all these value engine decks is kill their commander as soon as they play it. Tulane yeah. on turn two is like, crap, they got the value engine going so early. Yarok, same thing. Golos, oh my gosh. Golos, it's crazy because play Golos turn two, get a land with Golos and it's ramping you so you don't even really lose the card advantage. Yeah, there's a lot about the power level of this card that I think is very accurate in terms of people's upsetness about it, which is yes, this just powers out already the most powerful commanders out there. Uh, and not just that, but it does it in a way that's very hard to deal with because a lot of times a Real five early. CMC commander that has value stapled onto it like Chulain, Yarok, Korvold, or Golos, getting that out before everyone else means you're getting three or four more turns to get, get value out of it than everyone else. And they're in this really bad position too, whereas, the, yeah, everyone, like the answer a lot of people are saying is play more cheap removal, but yeah. if they use their early removal on your thing, they're not developing their board either, and whoever does that is going to be behind now to the other two players who then go, sweet, thank you for removing that, you know, yeah, you Soul just Ring Signet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, hold well, on. there's a world we'll, where you, we'll also, our... you also Soul Ring Signet, Jeweled Lotus, and then the next turn oh. you can play a huge commander. Yes, big commanders can come out early with the help of other things. Yeah. Um, 
so the ubiquity thing which you talked about is another complaint people have so one thing is people are worried about the power level of it another thing is people are just worried that it's just going to be another soul ring mana crypt goes in every deck type card um and it does feel like it goes in a lot of decks i'm going to list off here the top 21 commanders in the past week on edh rec right now okay and then we'll say whether each one would probably play jeweled lotus the first one is the new omnath it's four, four colors. colors probably doesn't play it second one is anawan that's Four mana. That's a turn one Anawan. Definitely plays it. Yep. Golos, we already said, plays it. Atraxa, four, four color, color. Doesn't play it. Kenrith, this is an interesting one because it's four and a white. You could cast Kenrith on turn two, but I don't think it plays Jeweled Lotus because you can't really activate Kenrith at that point, so playing him early doesn't do much. Yeah. Uh, Korvold, definitely yes. plays the card. Obu'un, this is an interesting one because really you'd only get two mana off Jeweled Lotus, but you'd play Obu'un on turn two. I think mm-hmm. you'd do it, though, because... You want to get those lands attacking and those landfall triggers as early as possible. So I think it plays it. Sisse, this is the mono white Sisse in right. quotes. Probably doesn't play it because even though it's three mana, you can get her out turn one. You can't activate her for a long time, so probably doesn't play it. Eureka, turn one Eureka sounds insane. You definitely play yep. it. Um, Lord Windgrace plays 100%. it. 100%. Chu Lane plays it. New Akiri definitely plays it because you want to get it out there and attacking as soon as possible. Verizal, that's the uh, kicker card where it doubles up kicker things. Mm-hmm. This means Verizal comes in with three plus one plus one counters and you're casting your kicker's cards on turn uh, three yep. and doubling them up already. Definitely plays it. Kaikar, definitely plays it because this is also a non-creature spell. Um, Kalia of the Vast, do you want to get Kalia out on uh, turn two and start swinging it on turn three and dropping angels and demons? I think you do, so it plays it. Yep. Muldrotha, this is great in Moldrotha. Play, play Moldrotha on turn three and just immediately play Jeweled Lotus back out on the battlefield as your artifact for that turn. And now if they kill Moldrotha, you're ready to recast it. You have it. the recast bill, yeah. Yep. Edgar Markov. This one's a maybe. A lot of people like their Edgar Markov to sit in their command zone uh, and not I think that's definitely earlier. a maybe, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alela definitely plays it because, again, this is an artifact. Makes a fairy. So even if you draw it late, it's not bad. Ur-Dragon 100% definitely. plays it because yep. you just want the mana reduction. Uh, Yarok, we already said, plays it. Nimizit Perun. This will give you either the three red probably because you'll have blue. Yeah. So that's 16 of the top 21 commanders on EDH rec would probably play this card. It's maybe 15 and a half because uh, Edgar Markov is a maybe, but yeah, that's a 75% or so of the top. Those are the most popular commanders right now too. So we see them at a higher rate than we see most other commanders. And that's just a sampling. I think if we went through all of commander, a large portion are going to be like, yeah, I think you play jeweled Lotus because it's so good when you draw it in your opening hand that the fact that it's bad later is, is mitigated by the the swing of how good it is. And also like, it's not not, even that bad later, right? It gets rid of commander attacks plus an extra mana every single time. If you're playing two lane, what's the most common thing that happens? People kill your two lane. Yeah. Jeweled Lotus helps you solve that problem. And so you're, it's, and you're not caring about the card you're down because you're just drawing so much from the value of that commander. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the ubiquity. The fact that it's probably going to go in a lot of decks is a big complaint people have. Uh, and then the final complaint, and this is my personal biggest complaint. Um, is the variance that this card causes. So, like, here, full disclosure, because we did play test this set, and I've said many times on the show already that I got to look at this set two years ago. I saw Jeweled Lotus two years ago. Part of what we were doing was playtesting cards, building decks, giving feedback to Gavin, Jules, some other people at uh, Wizards about, you know, what we were experiencing for them to think about. Mm-hmm. Jeweled Lotus was a card that I begged them not to print, like, two years ago. I literally wrote a couple of emails that were like, listen, I don't think this card's healthy. I don't think it does anything good for games. The only thing it does is occasionally create games where it feels like nothing mattered, but the player played 
jeweled lotus Mm -hmm. and they got out to a huge start nobody happened to draw removal or a way to stop them and they just snowballed you know sometimes yeah they they play the jeweled lotus they play their thing they get it removed and it didn't really but that's nothing that didn't cause a cool scenario to happen right that didn't cause anything cool in the game to happen people didn't go wow what a fun interactive thing yeah just like we lost to the jeweled lotus or we didn't but it it, there was just never a scenario that came up uh, that even comes to mind where this is awesome. Like what yeah. is good about it? So it has this high variance. Sometimes it's really bad, but when it's good, it's incredibly good. And it leaves these games where you're just like, that was not a game. There was most players had no agency or ability to, or felt like they were ever had a chance to win the game because they just got their commander out super, super early. And then that was just kind of the way the game went. Nobody was able to stop it. And they just won. Yeah, uh, it does feel like this is going to lead to a lot of situations where the speed is significantly altered and the play patterns that we're used to, which is like first two turns, establish, get building. Oh, everyone's trying to ramp with some signets or whatever. Jewelos kind of just blows past all that. It's like putting an F1 car in a NASCAR race. And I think it's not that it always does that, right? There's some games where like it gets stopped or it doesn't get drawn until later. It's just that it that does happen sometimes. There's yeah. there's a certain amount of games now, and whatever the percentage is, even if it's five or six percent of games where somebody draws this in their opening hand. Well, even if it makes them arch enemy from turn one, that's not fun either. That's a, me, right? a really warped game where somebody, yeah, exactly. It's just uh, again, I just keep asking this question, which is like, there's a bit pretty big downside to it in that it creates high variance and creates games where they just feel like non-games. That's That could be fine. That's a cost of what's the upside? What's the awesome thing that it's doing? And I really just can't find awesome things that it's doing. No. Allowing you to recast your commander later when you maybe couldn't is okay, but it's not like... They could have restructured Jewel Lowest to say zero mana. You can only spend this mana to cast your commander if it's the second time or third time you've cast your command zone, right? There's other ways to be around it. But right now, this is just Black Lotus power level four commanders. So here's a question. Do you think it's bannable? I mean, I think anything is bannable, right? Because you can just say it's banned. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, do you think it should be banned? Oh, jeez. I don't know. I haven't seen it enough in the wild. Maybe it doesn't have the effect. Maybe it's only CEDH that really goes nuts over this card, and players just sort of like, nah, we don't want it. We And it's a mythic rare, right, in a set, so it's going to be a harder card to get. So... I think as long as not, I mean, like, if every single person started running Jewel Lotus, I might find myself a little upset because I do say that Mana Crypt is one of the cards that I could see being banned. And it's a zero mana artifact that gives you a bunch of mana. I don't think this is probably ultimately as powerful as Soul Ring or Mana Crypt. And I don't Yeah, think because you're gaining, right? Soul Ring on turn one gives you, what, 12, 20 mana. You use it over and over game, again. Yeah. And this is pretty bad later in the game. I don't think the, the average power level of this card is. In, incredible enough for it to be banned. I, I don't think I'm in favor of banning it. You know, I dislike the card. I don't like the design of the card. I don't think it does anything good for the format, but it's not based on the power level specifically of the card. Yeah. Because the average is out and it's actually, I think, lower power level than some of these other things. The problem is, I think, twofold. One is what I said about it doesn't add anything good to the format really. The two is like, like you said, Mana Crypt, Soul Ring. These are cards that are tolerated, right? These are cards that are only really okay because there aren't very many cards like that. So your frequency of drawing those cards early in the game is low. So it happens sometimes, Mm -hmm. but every one of those that they create that's more of those. Like, we don't want eight of those cards to exist. Nope, because your deck also looks a little bit more simple. It's just, yeah, you're running that, 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 and that if you want the fully optimized version. Now everybody's getting one of those every single game right so there there's this thing where like we don't really need more fast mana i don't think we want more fast mana let's reprint 
the fast mana we already have, but I don't think we want to create more because we're a singleton format. If you create cards that are redundancy for effects, we're going to run all of them, and now we're starting to look like we have four of this effect and eight of this effect and 12 yeah. of this effect. If and you're essentially like, yeah, you can play four soul rings, but you can play four cards that are basically the same thing at a certain point, then you that's it. You're not a singleton format really anymore. And I think Jeweled Lotus is actually more powerful as a one-off thing that it does before turn three than Soul Ring or Mana Crypt, right? You can't get Yarrick out with just Mana Crypt on turn two. Right. You can't get... Soul Ring can't do that. Now, their average power over the course of the game starts to tend towards more powerful because after you use Soul Ring three times, it's giving you six mana, whereas Jewel Lowe's only gave you three. But that's that variance thing I'm talking about where when it's good, it's incredibly good. Right now, you better have an answer or this might be a non-game. Yeah. The the game is heavily, like, right, it like immediately swings a favor in another direction. It's kind of like when Craig or Cassius has one of those amazing turns where you're just like, how are we supposed to stop that? Yeah. It's like, well, they had to draw four mana rocks that specifically comboed off to give them that mana. But in this case, it's like Jewel Lotus, one card, oftentimes in the right deck, is just going to start spelling GG. And those moments can be fun, but it's because they don't happen very often. You don't want that to happen every single game, right? That's just not, I don't think, what most Commander players are signing up for. Because it pushes out a ton of cards. You know, we did that um, episode, what was it called? Uh, Oh, cards that just aren't as good anymore? Yeah, and a lot of people got upset at us uh, because we were... they They thought we were, like, telling them, like, play these cards and don't play these other cards. That's not what we were saying at all. We're not making value judgments on it. We're saying, this is what we see happening to the format, and this is how we're responding. I would prefer that that wasn't happening to the format and we weren't fo- forced to respond to that way. Like, I don't want Commander to be the format where like, I feel like I have to play a bunch of cheap removal spells and instants. Like, I want Commander to be the format where we play the bigger, you know, high CMC stuff and really slug it out with these cards that really don't get to see play anywhere else. Unfortunately, they designed a bunch of cards that kind of push us in the direction of like more efficient decks. And, and I also want to be competitive in games and feel like I can win them. So you have to strike this balance. And so we can talk about rule zero and these conversations that we can have before games, but what are we supposed to like realistically do? Like sit down and be like, okay, what about this card? How about this card? Uh, Is yeah. this card okay? Yeah. What about that card? How about, like the conversation just can't be that long every single time. So yeah. yeah. That, that's my biggest issue with this this thing because I don't think this one card is really going to alter the format and the people are saying, hey, it's not a huge deal are right in that this card right now is not going to end the format. It's not the hugest of deals. I think what is the big deal and what is worrying and what I want to say to Gavin and all our friends over there at Magic is cards like this push us towards the edge of that cliff. Yeah, we're already into the full-on two CMC ramp is the way to go, right? With Arcane Signet, which I believe they've admitted was not the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah Gavin admitted it was a So mistake. let's not keep going that direction. Like, let's make more impactful three, four, five stuff that, that lets people enjoy the game and let it breathe a little longer without making it into the two-hour extravaganza games that no one, or at least I We already want. don't have that problem now. I think like... Yeah, we're past they, that. We fixed that problem. So we don't need to speed up games in this way we don't need the early turns to be turns where players are winning we don't want this yeah. to be like a hey most decks are winning on turn three or four now we don't want that for our format yeah. and we Jewel are not cedh <laughs> jewel lotus pushes us towards that and and i would just say like please think about it and please stop designing cards that push us towards the edge of that cliff yeah yeah let's and just not move any closer to the cliff we're we're close enough now we can see over it it's a nice view we're good and cards like jewel lotus make me not like the game as much because like you said it leads to games where i go all right, cool. Yeah, that game just wasn't super fun, and it just didn't feel like I really had any chance. This yeah. is not the one I'm going to tell people about tomorrow. 
Yeah. Right. Unless I'm complaining about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's my worry really is, is that this card sort of signifies a, deli- a design philosophy that I don't, I don't like. like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just hope we don't see a lot more cards we can, like this. We can start pulling the car around so we're not just driving straight that direction. Let's just stop moving towards the cliff. Let's just not do this anymore. All right. Big thanks to our editing graphics and logistics team, Ashlyn Rose, Craig Blanchett, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Justin Massith, Jake Boss, Josh Murphy, Alfred Estaca, Patrick Nunn, and Sam Waldo. And big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the living card animations that start our show on YouTube.com slash the Command Zone Podcast and occasionally live behind us here on set. You can find Jeffrey at Living Cards MTG on Twitter. All right, everybody. We'll be seeing a lot more of you very, very soon. we got a lot more Commander Legends to talk about. So much more. Yeah. And much less busted. <laughs> All right. Peace. Bye. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.